Hello and welcome to the Recovery Club or welcome back. I'm your host Emily Donoher and today's episode is all about how to break up with your eating disorder. You know when you get out of breath after eating? I am struggling with that right now so if I struggle to form sentences without having to heavily breathe, I'm so sorry I don't want to breathe down the mic but I feel like this is just my current situation at the moment and I'm not going to try and hide it. Also, I have got a new microphone, so I don't know if you listened to my other episodes, but you can probably tell my microphone has been broken for quite some time. It was always making like crackling noises. The, I always call it the muffler, that's definitely not the word, but like the thing that goes in front of the actual microphone to like muffle the sound, that came off. So I decided to invest in a brand new microphone. It was very expensive, but I love it. I think it's good. And if you like the quality of the sound, let me know because that matters. It makes me feel less bad about spending all my money on a microphone. Um, But yeah. So what's happened this week? Let me think. Well, something very exciting. That sounded very staged then. I promise you it's not. Um, Something very exciting is happening at the moment and something very exciting that I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you exactly what's going on, but at the same time, I don't know whether I should or not, but then again, you guys are literally my friends, so I feel I need to share everything that happens in my life with you and everything that's coming up. So I hinted on my Instagram that I was working on a project. Now, I am not getting any money from my podcast, I earn absolutely nothing off my podcast and my intention is just to help people. Now, I'm not a therapist. I'm, I don't have a job as a therapist. So obviously, there's very limited ways in which I can help people professionally. I mean, I can't help people professionally, obviously. But I just feel like this huge motivation in me to help people. Now, I have a saviour complex, so maybe that's why. But also, I just feel like I get my happiness, I get my validation, I get everything from how much I can help people. And I feel like everything I've been through with my own eating disorder, I don't want that to just go to no good, you know? I don't want to just, like, not do anything about everything I went through. I want to do some positive with it. And I think that, I think for everyone, there are small ways in which we can change the world. And that sounds very hyperbolic, it sounds very dramatic. But I think, honestly, that every single person has the power to make a change and to make a difference in someone else's life, you know? And I think that I want to make a difference and I want to be able to help people because I just think that that is one of my purposes. And I know it's cliche. And I know it's cringy, and you're probably cringing at what I'm saying, but at the same time, I don't really care. (laughs) I don't care if you think it's cringy. I genuinely just feel this huge drive to help people, especially with eating disorder recovery, because I'm going through it myself. And I kind of wish I had some more help going through my eating disorder that wasn't just professionals, because we all know how problematic and troublesome therapy can sometimes be especially the NHS therapy and so I want to make people feel safe I don't want people to be anxious to listen to this or feel like they have to prove themselves to this podcast like the same way you might feel like you have to prove yourself to a therapist or an eating disorder therapist or anything like that because 
everyone deserves free access to treatment everyone deserves help and I think that this is what this podcast is it's a completely free source of help in a way that you know that it's kind of genuine because I'm not making any money off it you know (laughs) um I don't know I kind of just wanted to talk about that before I reveal something quite exciting so anyway if you know me um you know that I love writing it is my hobby it's my passion and it's something I stopped when my eating disorder got bad because I feel like you just lose your hobbies you lose your interests and you lose your passions with an eating disorder and so recently I've gotten back into it and I was thinking to myself how can I help people in a bigger way how can I help people like how can I physically help people through their eating disorder recovery and I thought that I could write something now I've been working on it for about a week (laughs) it's very premature it's like a fetus book but it's called the recovery journal and what it is is an interactive but educational tool for you to use in your recovery so what I mean by this is that it's basically like a tangible physical version of a podcast so it will have topics loads and loads of topics that I think well topics that I think people might want to read more about so like extreme hunger um, feeling sick enough, feeling valid, understanding your eating disorder, understanding why you developed an eating disorder. So what it is, is I've written, um, half of each segment is written by me and then, and it's like an advice thing, but the other half is interactive, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna be asking you guys to write things. Now, what this is, is it's gonna have like a prompt so let me think for example actually let me just find an example for you okay so i'm just gonna go through a few of them it would make a lot more sense if you could read the book um but it's obviously not released yet because i haven't finished it but some of the prompts will be like write a letter to your eating disorder and bullet point all the ways in which it has caused you pain or damaged aspects of your life, get mad. So this actually links in with today's topic, which is breaking up with your eating disorder. So in the book, there is a segment called The Toxic X. And what that is, is it's basically me explaining how your eating disorder is sort of like a toxic boyfriend or girlfriend. And the relationship you have is unhealthy and you find yourself battling between staying because you love them and leaving because you know you deserve better. So basically, I'm not really like, um, I'm not really promoting this book very well, but I'm so excited about it. I'm so, so, so excited about it. I'm just so passionate about it because I feel like it's going to be something that you can use and it's going to be challenging you. So there's going to be a lot of challenges in it for you to do, but also like there's going to be space for you to write down how that challenge has made you feel. So say for example you're challenging a fear food, there's going to be a part where you write um, you write how you feel before you've challenged it and then you write how you feel after you challenge it and it's kind of just an interactive recovery book, recovery journal with prompts so you can really discover more about your eating disorder and help you get better. Helps. It's basically there to help you get better or get through recovery make it a bit easier for you so I will obviously talk a lot more about it when it's finished being written 
but at the moment it's still in the making <laughs> um, and I'm really excited about it because I just am. Um, I get very passionate about certain things and that's all I can do, all I can think of. Like I kid you not, any day that I've had free this week, I have been sitting in my bed for 11 hours at a time writing non-stop because when I love something, I put my whole like soul into it. I put my whole being into it, which um, is why I literally, I just hyper fixate on things. And so I'm just so passionate about this book and I can't wait to show you it, show you what it looks like, show you what's inside it. And also I wanna give away a lot of them for free. So I'll probably be doing some giveaways when they're released. But for now, it's still a little baby in the making. But I'm not going to do this big grand reveal and be like, guys, guess what? I have, a I have a book coming out. Because that's just so, it's just like, ugh, it's very performative. But yeah, there's a book coming out. If you'd like to get it, you can get it. I'm going to give away some for free to give back to you guys. But yeah. I'm really excited about it. I'm very passionate about it and I just hope it helps you in a physical way because this podcast is meant to help you in like an emotional way and like calm you down and all that kind of thing but I want something that can physically help you, something that can be there for you so when you're having a bad day or you just want to get through the day or whatever you can just turn to this journal, write down how you feel, read a bit, write some of the prompts, answer some of the prompts, and just bish bash bosh, you feel a bit better, that's all I want, okay, so, um, yeah, so, yeah, let's just get on with the podcast episode, because I've talked so much about something that isn't even in existence yet, <laughs> right, so, like I've said, this episode is all about breaking up with your eating disorder, now, what does this even mean, like I said, your eating disorder is like a toxic partner, right? Toxic boyfriend, toxic girlfriend. The relationship you have is very unhealthy and yet you find yourself battling between staying with them because you love them and leaving them because you know you deserve better. Now, I think one of the reasons we are scared of recovery is because whether it's good for us or not, our eating disorder has provided us with some comfort in some form or another. And one of the many reasons we develop eating disorders to begin with is because we are using it as a coping mechanism to cope with something in our lives that we find uncomfortable and painful. It helps numb us from feeling what we so badly do not want to feel. And yet at the same time, our eating disorders are trying to kill us while destroying every single aspect of our mental, physical health as well as our lives, right? And yet pain and comfort can coexist at the same time, which is why it is so hard to break up with your eating disorder, because it provides you with comfort and yet it gives you pain at the same time. So the best way to think about recovery is to think of it like a breakup. Now, we have to break up with our eating disorders because we know, oh, sorry, I'm just adjusting my chair. We know that they are no good for us. We know that it's harmful we know that it's damaging we know that things cannot stay the same forever and yet it's still a very painful process so if you've ever been through a breakup or whatever you know just how difficult they can be because you flow through emotions of hate and love it's like you go from one to the other very quick and it's very confusing it's very complicated and it's not a straightforward journey it's not just like you know what, okay, we broke up, like, I did love them, no, I don't, blah, 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 you know, it's very much like, they're so fucking horrible, 
well and then it's like oh I miss them so much I love them it's like that kind of thing right I mean I don't know if you've ever been through a breakup but that's exactly what it was for me <laughs> um now this happens at the start of recovery you're constantly questioning why you decided to recover and if it's worth all the pain and discomfort but at the same time you know it is what you need to do for your health and your happiness I think one of the most helpful things you can do is remind yourself why you're breaking up with your eating disorder right so get really mad at your eating disorder now this is going to be in the book as well this is going to be a section of the book but just in general get a piece of paper open your notes app and write down every single thing that your eating disorder has ever made you do that was negative for you. So anything that your eating disorder has taken away from you, anything it's challenged, anything it's, you know, if it's caused bad relationships with your family or your friends, if it's made your health worse, how it makes you feel mentally, get out all your frustration and all your anger on paper or on your phone or anything like that, because that will keep you on track. That will remind you just how much you have to get away from the eating disorder by physically writing down every single thing that is bad about it you are reinforcing the need for you to recover right so yeah now to break up with your eating disorder or to begin to recover in simple terms you need to do a couple things now I'm going to talk about how to get over some behaviors however I'm not saying that every single person with an eating disorder does these things because that's not true you know every single person has different symptoms every single person has different behaviors different habits and not one habit is worse than another habit or not one behavior is worse than worse than another behavior not one eating disorder is worse than another eating disorder anyway so i think two of the main or most common sorry behaviors for people with anorexia or restrictive eating disorders is counting calories or calorie counting and weighing yourself so i'm going to kind of give you some advice on how to overcome both of these behaviors because you know that calorie counting and weighing yourself is not helpful to you you know that it's only giving your eating disorder more control more power over you and it's keeping you stuck in the cycle so the first tip i have for stopping calorie counting is to go cold turkey now this is very scary but i want you to tell yourself that from now on from this very moment no matter what time of the day it is right now no matter what time you're listening to this no matter what you will not purposefully count your calories from this moment on this means tracking them and it also means reducing the mental maths. So going cold turkey means like immediately stopping the physical act of the behaviour. So obviously it's going to be difficult to just stop the mental maths, that's going to take a lot of time. But to stop physically acting upon the behaviour, which is to stop tracking your calories and just stop. <laughs> I'm sorry, you know why. You know why you have to stop this. It's not good for you. Stop lying to yourself by telling yourself that, oh, I'm just making sure that I'm eating enough. We all know that's bullshit, okay? But also, 
you don't need to count calories. I think a lot of the time we think that we are in control if we are counting our calories, that we're making sure we're not going to gain weight, that we're making sure we're not too crazy with our food. But at the same time, you have an eating disorder. You need to be quotation mark crazy with your food. You need to eat as much as physically possible to recover from a restrictive eating disorder. I don't care what anyone says. There is no maximum amount of calories you can eat in eating disorder recovery specifically from a restrictive eating disorder obviously if it's binging that's a completely different story i'm not enabling binging at all but what i am enabling is making sure you're giving your body enough energy and that means not having a maximum amount of calories okay if you're telling yourself oh i can eat today but i can only eat this amount of calories i'm not allowed to go over this number i want you to tell yourself Shh, whatever your name is okay I'm going to say my name. Emily, stop giving your eating disorder control. Stop letting your eating disorder have some power over you. You do not need to track your calories. There is no reason to track your calories and it has no purpose for you. It is a harmful behaviour that you have to overcome because it's not normal you know it's not normal and at the same time it's so hard because especially diet culture and the fitness community calorie counting is encouraged especially on television I've noticed this in the last couple months they start they've started to promote food so say example say exactly I can't speak say there is a food advert on tv right they have started to put the calories of the food on the fucking advert it's an absolute joke but at the same time it's like okay how do we overcome this you know it's not like we're gonna have to avoid watching tv forever you have to remind yourself that everyone has different needs, okay? Calorie counting might be helpful for some. And those some are the on the other side of the spectrum and her, that has nothing to do with you, okay? That has absolutely nothing to do with you. You do not need to count your calories. You should not be counting your calories. You have no reason to count your calories, okay? Absolutely none. So don't give, don't let your eating sort of bullshit you with some excuse because it is lying okay it's trying to control you it's trying to have power over you do not let it so as well as going cold turkey I recommend deleting your tracking app so I know a lot of people have my fitness part downloaded now if I was in a room no if I could have dinner with one person dead or alive it would be the inventor of my fitness pal right <laughs> I have a lot to say to the inventor of my fitness pal now anyway that's beside the point but please delete your calorie tracking apps or your macro counting macro tracking apps okay you should delete them as soon as possible you know what I'm gonna give you a 10 second interval right now to go on your phone and delete the app okay I can sing for you if you'd like, um, in the meantime. Delete your calorie up right now, it's not gonna help you. Three, two, one. If you didn't delete your calorie counting app, I'm very mad with you. <laughs> I'm not mad with you, I'm joking, but please just work towards getting rid of that calorie counting app. It does not serve you any purpose, okay? You have to stop the cycle. You've been in it for far too long. That app has no purpose for you. 
and you are not out of control for deleting it. In fact, you are more in control if you delete it than if you keep it. Now, why do you have to even see how many calories you're eating? Like, seriously, ask yourself how this is impacting your life. Is it stopping you from honouring your hunger? Is it stopping you from joining in on meals that you can't track? Or does it stop you from going out and enjoying food spontaneously? Now, the answer is 99.9 reoccurring percent yes. The thing is, in recovery, your body requires a lot of energy, okay? A lot of energy, and energy equals calories. Now, I've already done an episode about that, but whatever. Now, tip number three is sabotage the math. So we've talked about how to overcome the physical act of counting calories or tracking your calories, but at the same time, you can stop purposefully tracking your calories and yet your brain can be like, oh, 200 plus 500 plus 300, blah, 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 okay? It's the mental mass. It will go on in the background. And one thing that I want to say is that you have to sabotage this mass, okay? So what this involves is eating foods throughout the day that you do not know the calories of. So this could be like eating a spoonful, an unmeasured spoonful of peanut butter or drinking juice without measuring it out or drinking any juice, any liquid uh, with calories in it. Um, Maybe you're having a few pieces of chocolate or a handful of crisps or anything like that. You are sabotaging the mental maths because the thing is you could calculate every single thing you eat in a day mentally. But if you add a couple random uh, tablespoons or bits of food throughout the day that you haven't measured and you can't track then you're not going to be able to get an accurate calculation of your calories now this is the goal right because you don't want to know the calories and by not knowing the calories in these specific foods or drinks you're not going to be able to accurately calculate your calories consumed and so the act of counting your calories will become less appealing to you given that the number's not going to be accurate because why would you want to know a number that's not even accurate you know And it's going to be hard at first, I'm not lying, it's going to be hard, but the more you do it, the less that voice is in the forefront of your brain. Now, another tip I recommend is try new foods and drinks. So in recovery, it is necessary that you try new foods and drinks in order to help you overcome the fear of the unknown. So I feel like something that no one really talks about is the fear of the unknown. So this could be unknown calories, unknown macros, unknown ingredients, not knowing how people have cooked things, whether it's in oil or not. So if you're listening, which maybe you are, I don't know, I challenge you to order something in a restaurant or a takeaway, something you haven't gotten before and something you can't track the calories of, If the calories are on the menu, you can always ask someone you are with to read the menu out to you, or you can even ask the restaurant for a calorie-free menu. Now, this is obviously going to allow you to choose something you do not know the calories of, and I know this is scary, but exposure is key. So when we fear something, the most effective method to overcome that fear is to expose ourselves to it. So if you have a fear of flying, the thing that is recommended to you is to go on a plane. Or if you have a fear of heights, they recommend you go somewhere high to overcome that fear. Because when you expose yourself to a fear, you you kind of realise that it's nothing to actually be scary of, scared of because nothing's going to happen. Nothing bad is going to happen to you, right? So it's the same with food. If you have a fear of a certain food, if you have a fear of eating something that you don't know the calories of or anything like that, you just have to expose yourself to it. Now, you may be thinking, why do I even need to stop counting calories? 
Like, it's not that bad. That's probably what you're thinking. Hmm. No. <laughs> um, calorie counting, it undermines our actual energy needs, right? So your body is working tirelessly to function every single day, every single night, when you're sleeping, resting, or not just, or just not doing anything. Your body is using lots of energy and calories, which is energy. Now, if you've restricted your calories or only allowed yourself say a maximum amount of calories this is not giving your body the energy it actually requires because the only way to know how much energy your body requires is by listening to your hunger cues your cravings your energy levels and your appetite this is the most accurate way to understand how much energy your body needs but if you have an eating disorder your understanding of these factors will be wrong right if you've been ignoring your hunger cues not honoring your cravings or in a calorie deficit you're not going to be able to tell what your body actually needs. We believe that we only need the bare minimum of calories to function, but that couldn't be less true. Now, if you've struggled with a restrictive eating disorder, the amount of energy you need will be so much greater than the energy required by a person who's not experienced an eating disorder, right? And you have to remember that your body has most likely been in an energy debt for a long period of time, and so it will require a lot and a lot of energy to repair any internal damage caused by your restriction. Now, the other behaviour I wanted to talk about is weighing yourself. So, if you struggle with weighing yourself, know that you're not alone. If you struggle with this behaviour, you know all too well just how addictive it can be and how detrimental it can be. Weighing yourself allows you to see the food you've eaten in the space of 24 hours and the movement you've done. It's allowing you to see how that has impacted your weight. But the truth is, food and movement are literally only two of the factors that determine your weight. You need to understand that daily fluctuations are very common and you will never be able to control your weight directly because there are so many factors that you don't even know about. There are so many factors affecting your weight which are internal. It's very, very important to understand that you're not in control of your weight because it helps you then relieve the anxiety that encourages us to weigh ourselves daily, right? So for you, for example, if you weigh yourself daily, it gives you an idea of how much you are allowed to be on a given day or how much movement you should do. But this behavior is incredibly unhealthy and only reinforces the idea that your weight controls you, which it doesn't. Weight is the force of gravity, right? Weight is the force of gravity exerted on an object. That is what weight is. And yet at the same time, we let it dictate our worth. It's something very difficult to overcome, weighing yourself and focusing on your weight and putting emphasis on your weight because we live in a society in a society that is so driven by weight loss. But when you break it down, weight is literally just physics, right? And who likes physics? Not me. Weight is science. Like, honestly, just tell yourself that. Weight is so boring, it's so irrelevant, it's just physics. <laughs> And if you're weighing yourself daily, you are making it more difficult to recover, right? Because ignorance is bliss. This is how I managed to get over this. I started telling myself that if I don't know my weight, it doesn't have any control over me. Like, ignorance is genuinely bliss. I have some tips to help, obviously, um, stop it. And they're quite similar to the tips for calorie counting. But first things first, go cold turkey. So just like calorie counting you have to go cold turkey on weighing yourself, right? Because at first it's going to be very uncomfortable and you may feel compelled to step on the scale. 
but don't. You are taking back control. You can do it even when you don't feel like you can. And yes, your eating disorder might give you a very hard time, but it will because it doesn't want what is best for you. It doesn't want you to stop with these behaviours because if you stop behaving a certain way, your eating disorder is going to lose its control over you, which is what is best for you, but that's not what the eating disorder thinks. And I speak about this eating disorder as if it is its own person, and I think that's just the easiest way to talk about it, because it almost is like another person. It's like the toxic ex, like I've talked about. Now, tip number two is bin your scales. So if you can, just get rid of them, because not having them in your house makes it so much easier to overcome the urge to weigh yourself. Because even if you wanted to, you you just couldn't. But obviously, if you can't bin your scales because maybe someone else in the house needs them or they don't belong to you, hide them. Ask someone in your home or wherever you live to hide your scales or put them in a place where you won't be, where you, where it's not easy to access. Now, when weighing yourself becomes a habit, it's very easy to go along with the steps in your routine which may include weighing yourself so for me it was always the same so I'd wake up do my whatever do whatever I need to do weigh myself because I knew exactly where the scales were they're in the same position it became a routine of literally going from one place to another from going to my bed to the toilet to downstairs to where the scales were to bed again and it's like you kind of get in the cycle of doing these steps but if you move your scales if you don't know where your scales are or even if they're just not in the same place it can make it so much easier to break that cycle because you're not going from this place to this place to this place and also places have associations right so if you have your scales in one specific spot if you move your scales from that spot it makes it easier because you don't have an association with that spot to weigh yourself if that makes sense now move the scales bin them get someone to hide them they serve you absolutely no purpose and lastly i just want to remind you that you are so so much more than your weight your eating disorder is valid no matter what you weigh i know it can be hard to gain weight but i want you to know that your eating disorder does not become less important the more weight you gain in fact you can struggle just as badly at a bigger weight than you can at a smaller weight and lastly you are so valid no matter what your weight is it has no say in how severe your eating disorder is and I'm sorry for whoever it is or whatever it is that made you think that it did. Have a say. I'm gonna leave this episode here and let you all know that I love you all so much and I'm so grateful for all your support because I know that this podcast is for you but it also is for me in the sense that it helps me, it keeps me going, it gives me a purpose and so every time I get a lovely message I am so grateful. I read them all and I love you all. Um, I really hope you're doing well. If you're not, know that today, this week, however long you've been struggling for, it's not going to be like this forever and that things can change and that you can do things to change the way that you are living. If you are doing things at the moment that are not good for you, you have the power to change those things no matter how hard they are. Just be gentle with yourself, be kind with yourself And don't give yourself a hard time or beat yourself up because of things that are out of your control. You can only do so much. And if just surviving today is all you can do, that is all anyone can ask of you. That is all anyone can ask of you. And I'm very proud of you for staying here, for still being here and for fighting to get to this day.